Oneilam Wars blog by author N.B. Van Yost. The Stench of Victory Agar watched silently as his subjugation forces began waves of attacks after their artillery softened up the city's defenses. He knew Acrian methods were predictable, but so far they had proven highly effective. But the course of the war had been changing, their enemies adapting to the Acrian fighting style in ways that threatened the Acrian efforts. They refused to lose the war, so the Acrian adapted too. His real name was Throtnu, an ancient Oneilan with eons of experience behind him, and Agar was his fifth possession since being recruited by Hamet before he'd even heard of the wars. He'd been tempted by the god with opportunities to rot destruction on an epic scale only creators could fully understand. He was an Oneilan of great viciousness, and the thrill of such a grand war could not be resisted. He'd accepted the god's offer, starting low in the ranks before moving up as his great experience set him apart from the non-Oneilum. He absently scratched his head as the new helmets irritated his scarred dome. The helmets were one more adaptation thrust upon them as their enemies invented new and ingenious ways to kill. Microwaving the brain cavity would be humorous if it weren't so damned effective. The new helmet didn't protect but it gave one an early warning so one could move before the damage was done. Acrian slaves were still working on a permanent solution. The smell of artillery exhaust was exhilarating, and Throtnu walked along the line admiring the efficiency with which they could deliver death, but he was always on guard as the new Triu became an effective force to contend with. Although this world was uncharted in their conquest records, the Triu had an uncanny way of getting there first undermining their efforts as they helped the local inhabitants fend off the Acrian invasion. Hammett had warned about this technique used by the Lyran, a species the Acrian hoped to face after vanquishing the Triu in this contest. He shook his head, clearing thoughts of a future so far away he would likely never survive to see it. But he would do his part to usher in that future, a future of Acrian dominance across two galaxies. Agar! A voice called through his helmet. We have penetrated the first level of defenses. Should we consolidate or continue pressing our advantage? Throtnu smiled. Harok was a fine leader if narrow in his vision. Well done, Harok. But dig in and send half your troops back to our lines. Half? Harok said in a tone that indicated his concern of holding the hard-won possessions if half his troops were pulled back. This was not the time for weakness, and Throtnu was never weak. You have your orders, Horok. He softened slightly. I sense a trap, my friend. Trust me. Horok obeyed, as he had done during hundreds of such invasions. It will be done. Throtnu signaled his artillery to stop firing, their initial mission completed. He eyed the landscape both in front and behind his lines but nothing stood out of the ordinary. Still, he sensed danger, and he was rarely wrong about those things. The Acrian had been foolish in the past, and the Triu had taken advantage of that arrogance, dealing blows to the Acrian forces that stung deeply. He would not repeat those mistakes. The silence after the artillery ceased was eerie, and Throtnu felt a sense of dread that only pumped him up for battle. Fear was a drug that united and lifted one's soul to levels of violence and destruction only a true warrior could appreciate. 
focus the fear and you focus the instincts. Kill or be killed. And Throtney refused to be killed. He relayed new orders. All artillery units switch to anti-aircraft weapons and prepare to defend. All ground forces remain where they are until I signal. Nobody fires or moves until I give the command, or I will personally eviscerate them. He watched as the nearby artillery units unveiled their latest additions to the weaponry and any aircraft gun and formidable capabilities. If a tree you were planning to spring a trap, they would use their new craft to take out the carriers overhead and the ground forces below. They would be surprised. The spinning barrels of the weapons coming online brought Throtnew a feeling of contentment. He would not be arrogant, but he knew they would not give in easily. A strange vibration moved through the ground, and Throtnew knew it was the beginning of the real battle. He pulled out his blade, its size and cutting surfaces scarring him as he practiced with it religiously. Rifles and pistols were still the weapon of choice for many, but a blade would be called for today. He could sense the hunters gathering, marching forward as their camouflage hid them from all but the best sensors. But this time, Throtnew was ready for them. He signaled his units as half the invasion force rolled back into line, taking up defensive positions. They are coming, but do not fire until they are upon us. Let them believe their ruse has worked. Ground forces wait for my signal, he growled. He turned back from the city, scanning the horizon. Dust and haze filtered the late-day sunlight, turning the distant horizon blood red. Throtnew hit his chest in an ancient display of warrior's readiness. Those down the line following their leader, the sound of pounding a dull thud against the eerie silence preceding the battle. Underneath the sounds of their bravado, a strange clicking coupled with a hum grew louder as the enemy approached. There was no artillery to hide their deceit, and the Acrian were prepared to welcome them onto the battlefield. Soon, he thought wildly. Artillery fire when you spot any aircraft, he ordered ominously. He gripped both hands around the hilt of his blade and prepared to meet them head-on. His senses were heightened as he focused fear, pumped hormones throughout his body. This would not be flight, this would be fight. He ignored the sounds of the tree aircraft streaming into the area, the Acrian weapons spinning a wall of projectiles to intercept them. But Throtney stood solid, his eyes spotting an imperceptible shimmer against the distant ground. He spread his legs, posturing in a defensive stance as he prepared for his enemy approaching at incredible speeds. They would be faster, but he would be stronger and wiser. He sensed more than saw the three hunters as they sped towards him with blades drawn. With perfect precision, he leapt above their attack, his twisting motion bringing his blade down on the three unsuspecting hunters, decapitating two while the third parried the blow. Throtnew hit the ground, rolling upright before the third could turn to face him. They charged each other, Throtnew's blade larger than the two held by his enemy. He dodged the caustic stream of chemicals spewed by the insect before they collided. The metallic sound of their blows a sharp contrast to the peppering spray of anti-aircraft guns in the background. The force of their momentum threw both to the side, but their steady feet maintained balance as they turned back to face each other. The tree hunter rose on its back legs, grabbing Throtnew's arms with its middle limbs as it thrust its blades with its forelimbs. Throtnew's strength prevailed and he blocked the thrust with his own blade. Only one 
edge cutting his cheek as he executed a rollover that brought his enemy with him. One thing about the Triyu, they were terrible wrestlers. With precision and strength, Throtnu wrapped up his enemy, breaking its lower legs with its weight as his blade came up and down on the creature's neck. The balance of his weight pushed the sharp edge into the insect's armor, crunching sounds satisfying as warm blood sprayed into his face. He rolled to his feet, his blade held ready for another attack. The twitching of limbs of his foe told the story. It was dead or dying. He signaled his troops. All ground forces emerge and clean up this mess. The earth rumbled as ground forces surfaced in new submersible, armored behemoths that crushed everything in their path. Like the crust of the planet split in an earthquake, the ground erupted with Acrian forces emerging from their hiding, startling the hunters, cutting them off with the massive treads the tree could not flee. The sound of the exoskeletons being crushed beneath the banks brought a smile to Throtten's shredded face. This is what he had signed on. Explosions rocked the battlefield as enemy aircraft on the ground in glorious fireballs as fuel and ordnance ignited from the impacts. A few of Throtten's anti-aircraft guns were silenced in barrages of counterfire, but many more aircraft fell from the sky as new Acrian weapons worked flawlessly. There would be no defeat today. He eyed the battlefield through a haze of dust, its torn crust interspersed with crushed trees. He looked down at the lifeless form of the hunter at his feet, stepping on its form in another ancient, symbolic ritual. The blood of his enemy mixed with his own, the deathly scent filling his nostrils with the stench of victory.